When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Good morning, and welcome back to another edition of the show. It's episode 330. What is it? August 16th, 2022. We're in the second half of the year. It feels like we just started. And uh, excited about today's guest. He's not that old. He's had a lot of success already. He was a, a world runner-up last year and jumped another level. World gold medalist this year at the U17s just a couple weeks ago. Um, it's Luke Lilladal. Luke, welcome to the show, and thanks for joining us. How are you doing this morning? I'm um, just home here in St. Louis, uh, relaxing until I go back to school at, on the 24th, so doing pretty good. All right. Shout out to the 314. Um, hey, so I, I, I kind of want to just, I know you come from, you know, a family of wrestlers. I knew the Lilladal family growing up and who they were. Your uh-huh. dad actually beat my brother in the district finals. I'm still a bit pissed at him about that but i'll get over it um but for real what was your experience like growing up like were you kind of always around wrestling um do you remember a time when it was wasn't a thing how'd you kind of get onto the mat and like into wrestling because maybe at some time you're like on it but you're not really wrestling Uh, what was your experience so um basically i mean you know my dad wrestled in college and all that and uh I mean, I'm sure I was, he was a high school coach before I started in the Little League. So I'm sure I was you know, in the wrestling room, just, I don't know, crawling around, stuff like that, probably. Um, and then I think I started wrestling when I was four. He took me into the Howell Little League program. And um, Scott Corley is one of the guys that really helped me. Um, my first year, I didn't, I didn't compete or anything like that. I just, uh, did practices, you know, like twice a week, maybe something like that. And then, um, when I was five, I think I started competing a little bit and, um, my dad never really pushed me to, I guess, really do more than I wanted to like wrestling wise. You know, if I wanted to go to practice, he would take me. And then if I didn't want to go, he kind of just let me stay home and do what a five-year-old kid does. Um, and then, once I got into elementary school, he kind of started to take me to more practices and we used to drive everywhere, you know, uh, Wisconsin, Iowa, Kansas, all the, all those states to just go to tournaments and train pretty much every weekend. So, um, I really got to thank my dad for getting me, you know, started in, in the sport, even though I might not have wanted to sometimes. Sure. Man, I, that, that's like, Wisconsin, Kansas, whatever. What do you remember about those trips? You know, I, I'm, I think back to those kinds of things. It's like the car ride, the hotel room, the pool, pizza, and wrestling. But there's like, it's not just drive somewhere and wrestle, right? And, and probably a, a cool bonding experience for you with your dad. What do you kind of remember about traveling around early on? Yeah. Uh, so 
when I was the, like the first few years, uh, we would take my grandpa a lot too, but he can't really do that much stuff now. So, um, I'm hoping to get home and wrestle maybe a few tournaments so he can see me wrestle. But, um, you know, when I was younger, we would just talk about the stuff that he learned growing up and a lot of life lessons and stuff like that. And then, um, obviously it was a lot of fun. You know, we would usually have a car full of kids too, like six or seven kids with my grandpa and my dad just driving everywhere. And it was a lot of fun, man. Yeah. Are there any, any trips that stuck stood out? Like when you think back, like, Oh, this one trip to Iowa, this trip to Wisconsin, maybe, maybe something happened in a wrestling, maybe something, maybe you had 10 kids re- sleeping in a hotel room. Uh, I think, um, probably, uh, I think I was like maybe nine or 10, but, uh, the, we used to go down to that freestyle Greco nationals whenever it was in Atlanta and we would take, I don't know, like almost probably two buses, like 60 kids that are like not even middle school yet. (laughs) That was just, that was just insane. Like we would all, we'd stop and. Um, I think one time one kid got like locked in the bathroom in the, on the bus or something. And he, we were almost done through dinner before we even noticed that he was gone because we had so many people just there having fun and wrestling and having a blast. So I think that was, that was probably, uh, the one I remember the most. <laughs> he got stuck in the bathroom. What a horrifying yeah. experience. You guys, was it like guys coming back on the bus and you're like, hello. Is that or do you remember how he got found? I think I think we were like maybe I don't know. I I think my dad kind of noticed that he was gone because my dad's pretty good at like making sure that everyone's there because he was like the head guy. So if if they lost a kid, it was gonna be his problem, not any of the other coaches. Sure. So we might have done like a head count or something, and he noticed that kid was gone, I think, and he went back on the bus and I bet you, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't hear the whole story, but he was probably like either sitting there or he was banging on the door or something. I don't know, but. Yeah. Um, So that's kind of like the, the, the fun side of it is traveling with the kids competitively wise, you know, were you having a lot of success early on? Like, I don't know, in the, in the St. Louis or Missouri area or the region or, or nationally, like what was that development like? Yeah, um, I think, so the first year, I went to Tulsa Nationals pretty much every year. I think um, the first year I went, I might have got seventh, and then the next year I got fifth, and then third, and then second. And then I won it three years in a row, I think. And then the last year I won my eighth grade year, I think I lost, I lost to Aiden Valencia in the finals, I think, so I got second, but... And I won freestyle nationals, Greco nationals a few times. And then I was a state champ a couple of times. So I had pretty good success, I would say, um, when I was in Little League and, and growing up and stuff like that. Sure. And as you're, and it sounds like it was pretty good with progression on top of like seventh of, at, at Tulsa. It's a, it's a good feat, but like fifth, third, second, first, first, that's, that's pretty impressive. At what point did you start looking to the next, maybe to the high school level or to the heck international level and trying to set your eyes on, on having a lot of success there. 
So um, I would I would always go to the Missouri State Championships whenever um, it was at the Hearns and at the you know in Columbia. Yeah. And I would always go and watch our um, Howell guys wrestle. And I just remember I was like itching to get out there. I just wanted to go out there and wrestle on the big stage. And um, I think that that kind of pushed me to like just keep keep getting better and I would know that I would be on that stage and I won a state title in Missouri my freshman year but it, it was in Kansas City so I didn't get to wrestle in the Hearns or anything like that which which I you know even then I wanted to wrestle in the Hearns that was like my goal kind of my freshman year to win state at the Hearns because I've been wanting to do that growing up basically and um I think uh coach Cornell he he um I started going to him when I was like in seventh grade maybe so middle school and he was a big Fargo world team guy so he always told me that um you know those were the things that we wanted to shoot for was was those big goals and um you know one of his sayings is you're never too young to win which I really like because you know Henry Cejudo won an Olympic gold medal at 20 years old or whatever, how, however old he was. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be like him. I want to win young, basically. Yeah, that's fantastic. And so you started off your, your career um, at CBC, right? Yeah. And I guess, when, when did you meet Cornell? I guess you said seventh, seventh grade or so. And were you initially wanting to go to Howell, which is the public school where, where you live? And then, and then what was the decision like to take, to go to CBC? So, um, what I was going to go to Howell until, I don't know, maybe like two weeks before the start of freshman year, actually. Really? And then I think my dad might've talked to somebody from CBC a little bit. And like, I think my dad really got like kind of, um, informed basically like he wasn't before he got informed about everything that Cornell believes in and everything about the school. And then we decided to go to CBC like pretty much two weeks before school started, which I think was a shock to everyone at Howell. And I thank them too, because they could have been, you know, like upset and hated me and all that stuff, but that's just not the way they are. So, you know, I, I go up there and I'll help the little league guys and go to that, go to their camp and stuff like that. And they, they all um, really appreciate that. So I don't think there's any hate there, but um, I'm just grateful for them because they could have, they could have done what, I mean, they can feel however they want, but they could have felt like I betrayed them basically. And they didn't, which I I'm thankful for. Sure. And they could have been, even if they maybe didn't feel betrayed, but they were felt upset, which gosh, wish he'd have came and, and maybe they're upset but they didn't let it get in between the relationship right they didn't take it out on you yeah. and you just you do see that sometimes it's like what are you going to turn on a 15 year old kid for because he's making a decision that he wants to you know do something better so kudos kudos to them um what was the program like at cbc because i know you know when i was i was coaching and i was in the same conference with cbc and None of the schools were big time wrestling schools, and all of a sudden CBC is turning the corner. Um, what was that program like? What was your experience like at CBC? It was great. I think we had so we took five guys to state, 
my freshman year and we took second as a team in class four because <laughs> we had we had I think we had three champs and two and two seconds or two thirds or something like that. So we were we had just had those core guys that were super good. Jack Dara, um, Lucas White, Santino Robinson, Colby Warren, and then me were basically our guys. And we would just go in the room every day and just get better, basically. And I think that was really helpful. Cool. Um, but now you're at Wyoming Sem, and kind of talk to me about, obviously, Cornell um, got the job. Scott Green went over to Army, I believe, and, and Cornell – Who's you said he's you know he's been seeing him at U.S. Open and and the World Team tries and all this you know age group level stuff he's he's everywhere and he's done a fantastic job he's been on the show before he's a great guy. Um, how did you get that news? Were you bummed? Did you even think like at the time a possibility of going out there? Obviously, I, I assume there was conversation just like not how CBC and then there's another shift. Well, CBC to to Sam. How did those conversations go? What was your initial thought? Did any part of you want to stay? Or were you immediately like, hey, let's go? Because that's, that's like uprooting your life. And your, your parents and your family still in Missouri, right? Yeah, they still uh, they still live here. So, you know, I think we got the news maybe halfway through August, pretty much like right when school started. So that put kind of put us in a bind. And um, personally, whenever he said... I should come up there. I wanted to go right away because I knew that um, it was going to be the best. I mean, we were the best wrestling program in the country this, this last year. And we've always been really good the last few years, just folk style wise. And I think um, Cornell does a, his vision is, is more freestyle oriented, I think, which was a change for a lot of people there. Cause you know, they're really good folk stylers, but I think it was a good change because, um, you know, freestyle is the world style. Everyone does freestyle in, I mean, they don't do folk style. So I think uh, it's good that we got Cornell up there and he kind of changed the vision and, and all that stuff. And um, so, yeah. Um, but I think uh, I, I, uh, you know, I talked with my parents and all that stuff and they, they didn't, um, they supported me a hundred percent in whether I wanted to stay in Missouri or go to PA. And I think it took us about maybe a week and a half or two weeks to decide. And then we had to go through the admissions process and all that stuff, which took a few weeks, but I think I got up to uh SIM pretty much right at the start of October into September that year. And then I've been up there ever since. Yeah. I mean, you know, I have kids that are a lot younger, but to 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 think okay, I have this kid till they're 18 and then they they're going to go up. But <laughs> for it to be abruptly cut short, that's a big uh sacrifice for a parent and and it's a big sacrifice for you. What was it you know, okay, 18 you're gone, but now you're leaving at 15, 16. What's the experience like not completely on your own, but you're away from your parents and you are kind of on your own. What was what were the biggest adjustments? Um, whether it's doing laundry, figuring out how to, all the things that you have to do kind of on your own that your parents might be used to help with. Yeah. Um, so uh, 
I've got a, a few people that really have helped me um, just kind of get used to sim. And I really have to thank Jared Lewis too, because whenever I was in middle school and freshman year, I would go, I don't know, I've probably been four or five times over to Europe with a few groups before I even went to sim, which I think that really helps me prepare to just be kind of away from home for a little bit and not have my parents there helping me every second of the day. And I think it helped me, me be a little more um, independent, I think. So I think that really helped me once I got the sim. And then once I got the sim, uh, first day we were there, uh, I met, I met uh, Tom Federici and his family. And Tom's my, my lifting coach, and um, he's, one of the, he's one of the best lifting coaches on the planet, in my opinion. And he's also like a father to me. Uh, I remember one time I, uh, I slept through my alarm. We go to lift at 5 a.m. every morning, basically. I slept through my alarm. So, so he was on my ass the next day. We went to lift, just me and him. And then he took me to his house and made me Italian breakfast. So that that's one of the memories that stick out with me about him. He just he's like a father figure to me and I really can't thank him enough for what he's done to support me since I've gotten to Sim. All right. I, I like food, so I'm gonna bite, no pun intended, on this. Um what does an Italian breakfast consist of? So it was uh eggs that are a little runny and toast and shoot i think it was maybe deer sausage maybe uh-huh. and he kind of just threw that all together and i don't know like 10 minutes and uh i gotta say it was really good so yeah you're making me hungry i, I skipped breakfast this morning <laughs> um okay and I, uh you, you mentioned i didn't know you know i obviously knew you'd been in the, in the two world championships were over which were overseas but you said you'd gone and trained four or five times where'd you go and what were those experiences like both both training maybe with and wrestling with foreigners, which is different, as we all know, and just the experience of being wherever you were in, in a new land. So I've been twice to uh, the town open in Estonia. I don't know if you know what that tournament is. It's basically like they call it like the biggest tournament, biggest uh, youth tournament in Europe. So um, last year I went and um, – you know, obviously, um, I won, but I mean, I wrestled a lot of Americans in the tournament, but I was really there for the camp afterwards. And they usually do like a week, uh, four or five day camp with uh, all the kids that wrestled in the tournament. And, you know, I would wrestle with guys that were 60 kilograms and below, basically. I, d- I don't really care. As long as I don't get hurt, I'll wrestle with anybody. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I've been there, and I've been to Hungary for, for a training camp, um, and then I've been to Sweden, and the Sweden one was for Greco, actually, because I used to wrestle Greco, too, but uh, I'm not sure how much Greco I'll be wrestling now that uh, I'm going to be a junior, so probably going to focus more on freestyle, but, you know, I think those really, those helped me kind of learn how the Europeans trained um and just how they wrestle 
before I even got on the world stage and actually had to wrestle them in matches and stuff like that. And um, along with the wrestling, I think it just helped me um, just be more independent. Like I said, um, I didn't have my, my parents. I really only had Jared and then, you know, we would take like two or three coaches, but that was it. And there was a group of like 40 kids going. So I kind of had to just, I'm not on my own, but, you know, independent, I think, was that really helped me, too, once I got this in. You never got stuck in a bathroom, did you? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, that's really cool, though, that you – and that's really valuable experience. I think it's probably part of the reason you've, ha you've had the success you've had is because of these experiences. And you said, I not only got to feel how they wrestle different, but how they train different. So I'm curious – what the difference is in their specifically in their training. And then we can talk about the, the actual technical or tactical things on the map, but like what's different about the way they train? Uh, you know, they don't, um, at the camps, we wrestled a lot of live just because I think, I mean, there was like five or six countries at the camp maybe. So I think it was good to just, um, just wrestle all those guys and get, all of them had like a different feel because I mean, they, uh, I think they do a lot of sparring, um, in, in their practices and, um, we do a lot of that too at Sim. So I think sparring is a lot, um, it really helped me. And then, um, just wrestling with those Europeans, you kind of get, they don't wrestle as hard. They're not as, as much of a goer. They kind of like, they'll kind of sit back and feel what you're doing and then they'll hit you with something real fast. Yeah. And, cool. um, I think, uh, that was, that was good. Cause, um, some of those guys this year at the world championships were pretty, they kind of did the same thing. They would kind of sit back and wait for you and then hit you with some and tech you out with like a lace or a gut or something like that. So I think, um, just getting over there and kind of seeing that they don't really, and also, they don't really care if they lose in practice, which is completely different from Americans. <laughs> Americans are like, I want to win all the time. And the Europeans are like, oh, well, I got taken down, whatever. And they they kind of, they'll like let you hit all your best stuff and then like beat you in the match with it because they already know what you're going to hit. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think, I think that's it. Um, I think letting your ego go for, obviously you need to, at times have that ego and, and want to win and, and get it. But I think it's also like to check that ego at practice and say, I'm, I'm here to learn. And times you're there to wrestle hard and win. And at times you're, you're there to learn and feel and try things and fail and know that, all right, I tried it and failed. I won't do it. And, but now I'm learning the right times and wrong times to do things. Um, does that experience of, Letting the, um, out there, how the, you know, they, they're not just trying to go forward all the time and, and have this motor and pace like we do, but maybe then they catch you. Having that experience that translate to that, did that help you when you are competing at the worlds, knowing their tactics? Yeah, I think so. And, um, obviously, scouting, I mean, you can go on the internet and watch almost every kid in the bracket. Some of them are, you know, they're little ghosts and you don't know who they are. But yeah. a lot of the kids, um, you can kind of scout out and see what they're going to do. I mean, my dad, 
a month before the tournament, he had already scouted every single kid in my weight and already knew exactly what they were going to do. And I think that helped um, a lot in the finals match because we knew that kid was going to be an underhooker. And I think he might have gotten me on it the first time and he got maybe a step out or something like that. And then he couldn't hit the rest of the match because I knew it was coming. So I would just block it off and then I would get my reattack. Yeah. How much do you, like you said, your dad did all this studying. Do you watch much film yourself of yourself or, or of opponents or potential opponents? So I don't watch um, my opponents really, but I will watch like old wrestling film or just highlights or stuff like that. So um, I do watch film, but I don't watch who I'm going to wrestle. I uh, leave that mostly to my dad. He's more of my film guy. He'll kind of break down the guys I'm going to wrestle, and then he'll just tell me what they're going to do, and I'll kind of know what's going to be there. But um, I don't really watch the kids I'm going to wrestle now. Sure. And how about this? I, I like to ask this question, like, when you're not at practice or you're not like talking strategy with your dad or coach or whatever, how much do you think about wrestling? And like specifically, what are you thinking about? Are you thinking about positions and situations and moves? Or are you thinking about a more general winning or being in an atmosphere? Like what's your head think about when you're thinking about wrestling, when you're outside of wrestling? Yeah. Um, I don't really think about wrestling when I'm not in the practice room, but, um, you know, if, if I see like, if I'm on YouTube and I see a match pop up or something, a technique video pop up, I'll watch it. And then that'll get me thinking about it. But, um, usually, uh, I just think about being in the atmosphere a lot, you know, a lot before the world championships, I was just, I would go to sleep and I would dream about just being there and then winning and stuff like that. And, um, so not as much really positions and stuff like that, but more kind of just the atmosphere and just being in that moment and winning and stuff like that. Sure. Um, and I want to apply that to a couple of things. The first one was back at, in Vegas. I think it was April, right? It was. It seemed like it was going to be, and it was a collision course, right, between you with you and Bassett. And it was like, obviously you got to win your matches and get through the bracket. But leading into that event, is that something that you were picturing in the kind of the same sense you just talked about where it's like, I'm picturing myself in Vegas, wrestling Bassett in the finals. And I couldn't, I was surprised how one-sided it was. Yeah. Um, I, I did the same thing I did at worlds. You know, I, every time that I would go to bed, I would think about me winning um, up on the stage and winning those two matches and being dominant and the first match was kind of, it was kind of like a female match. And, you know, I hit a few go-behinds and got a takedown or whatever. And then the second match was just, I just blew him out of the water. But, you know, um, I think my mindset going into that second match was, you got to go take it. I'm not going to lose the second match and make him go a third one. I'm just going to go win now and, and I'm going to get this done. And, um going into the tournament, you know, I was thinking I'm going to tech everybody. I don't care who it is. That was my mindset going into the tournament, even going into the matches with Bo, even though 
I was knowing that he was a, I mean, he was a world champ last year. He's really good. And I won't, I'm not going to take that from him, but that was just my mindset that I'm going to go tech him and, and win this tournament and be on another world team. So, I mean, you can picture that and, and, and that's your goal, but then for it to actually happen, was any part of you surprised or was it like, nope, this is what I thought was going to happen. And this is what did happen. Yeah, I wasn't really surprised. Um, and I mean, some people pr probably would be, you know, they'd be like, oh my gosh, this, I dreamt about this and this really happened. That's what a coincidence. But, um, you know, I, I wasn't uh, too surprised because I knew that I put all that work in and and um, I did everything right. I cut my weight right. Uh, I had a good diet, mindset, everything like that was all on point for the world team trials and the worlds, which were the two most important tournaments of the year, basically. And when you say I dreamt about it, do you mean like I dreamt like hopes and dreams? Or do you mean like I fell asleep in, in while I was sleeping, I had a dream? Yeah, well, like I fell asleep and while I was sleeping, I would have a dream about it. A dream. No kidding. Yeah. And yeah. Did, you, <laughs> did you try to make that happen or like, you know, I don't think it's really, I don't think you can control your dreams or, or maybe you can. Like, is that, were you, you know, were you trying to dream about it or is it just like, it's so much in your mind that you fell asleep and that's, that's what you dreamt about? Uh, I think it was just in my mind all the time because that was the main thing I was focusing on. So I think, uh, you know, I would I would be thinking about it all, a lot during the day. And then when I would go to sleep, it would still be on my mind. So I would just dream about it, too. Okay. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, and I guess uh, let's talk about the world championships. Compare. Was it, it was Rome, right? Yeah. Compare going into Rome. Was it Budapest last year? I'm not even sure. But yeah. Okay. So I am sure. Um, compare getting to the city and like being at the world championships the second year versus the first. And, and if you felt more confident or more comfortable or more prepared and just, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I felt, um, a lot more comfortable than I did last year. Cause even though I'd been overseas before it, I mean, I feel like it was a lot more, it was a lot bigger and the spotlight was a lot bigger because none of those other tournaments really meant anything. And this was the world championships. And I think I put a little bit more pressure on myself last year too, because um, it was just a way bigger stage than I'd ever been on. But this year um, I kind of, I just had the confidence that I was going to win. And um of course, I did last year too, but I think um, this year I knew I'd gotten way better, and um, I just felt more comfortable going into the tournament and kind of um, just seeing the mats and all that stuff and seeing that big stage. I I don't think I was as nervous this year, and I think that really helped. Um, okay, and I want to pull up this gold medal match here in a second, and and, and we'll watch it. But I, I'm like, I want to know. So it's, I believe it's it's two days. The first day you wrestle through the semis. Yeah. And so day two, you're probably going to wrestle in the evening. You know, kind of walk me through your day. You wake up at the hotel and what? When do you go over the arena? When do you work out? Do you take a nap? Do you sit around? Do you watch a movie? Do you tell jokes? Do you watch other people wrestle? I asked you 10 questions. I'll let you go. 
So, um, so I was actually the last two days of the entire tournament. Okay. So I had to sit there. I was, I was there a week before the tournament started and I had to sit there and watch everyone wrestle, which, which sucked. But it also, I think really helped me because I was like chomping at the bit. I wanted to go wrestle yeah. like really bad. And, um, so I got through my semis and all that first day. And then second day, uh, weighed in, I think at eight 30 and then, uh, had breakfast and just got big and all that stuff. And then I worked out once. I think I worked out twice at the trials before my matches. And then at worlds, I wrestled, I think one time before I went over to the arena. All right. And how did you feel? Cause you were in the gold medal match the year before you, you took second. Are you nervous? Obviously you've got, I'm, I'm guessing energy or you're feeling something on the inside, right? Um, it probably feels different than a normal day of the year. Can, can you describe the emotions that you held through the day? And if you were calm or nervous or excited or maybe some combination of all and maybe other emotions. Uh, I was pretty calm going into um, the warm-ups and all like all that stuff, and then I would war- I warmed up, and then um, I wouldn't say I was nervous leading into the match, but I definitely had some butterflies, I think. But um, I mean, I I have that every match, but um, I think that was just part of me knowing that I'm ready was because I have it every match. And then I have it this match, so it wasn't it wasn't anything different than I would than I had had the first round, second round, or the semis. So I think that's when I knew that I was I was ready to go. All right, and let's pull pull it up now. We'll just kind of watch through it. And you can talk through it, or watch it, or tell me what you're thinking or feeling, or just kind of let this one rip here. So you you had a little bit of scouting, right? You knew this, and he's an Iranian, right? So we know that they like under yeah. us. And right away, he he was on my fingers. And my dad told me he would go, like, over the top and kind of grab, like, this kind of yeah. with it. He would grab the thumb. And um, then the ref would break it, and he would, like, kind of wince and stuff. Like, he was the one that was getting his fingers grabbed. <laughs> He's playing the game. Yeah. So my dad kind of told me, you know, just don't get flustered whenever he does that because we knew it was coming. And I think he does it. Uh, he does it one time during the match, I think. Yeah, it's all gamesmanship that they're trying to play with the ref. Yeah. Have you wrestled? Did you wrestle an Iranian last year? Have you wrestled with Iranians before? No, this was the first one I'd wrestled. Oh, there we go. So right here, I didn't score this. He actually oh. got a push out. Dang it! You were right in there too. Is that frustrating? That was a little frustrating, but I think I. We watched the match, and me and Cornell think his head hit out first, actually. But whatever. It's right here, I think. I see you trying to pull your hand back. Yeah. Ah. There's, there's... <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah and the Oscar goes, too. But yeah, I mean, that, and that's good that you're getting this experience at this young of an age, too, because I would imagine your, your goals are to continue on and, and, and be here on the senior level, and you know these games that they play and these tricks that they try to, the way they want to manipulate the refs or, or, you know, act like he's holding my hand or, you know, maybe the guy's going to grab hair or pinch or whatever in the future. 
Can you describe the difference um, in style that you felt? Maybe it's hard to describe. I don't know. Yeah, it was kind of weird. He would, um, there's a reshot. That was, that was I think great. we get a push out here. Yeah. Um, he would like jump into the underhook kind of, and he would like, so he would like be in a four point stance and then he'd kind of come up and he would like almost jump at me and like try to punch his underhook in, which I'd never really felt that before. So I think, um, definitely this, that first period, he kind of, I kind of got the feel for that. And then the second period, I don't think he got the underhook on me as as much. I don't think. Sure. Um, do you, do you remember anything you heard in the corner from the coaches or, or anything you said? Uh, I, I think right before I went back out here, I told him, I looked at corner. I was like, I'm ready to go. Let's go. And then, um, as I was walking back out to the center, he, he's a big, um, guy about not putting a lot of pressure on yourself. So he told me, um, in this match and, uh, in the finals of the trials, he goes, uh, enjoy the moment. So that's a big thing for him. Just being out there and having fun and enjoying it even though it's a grinder, it's a grinding sport. But, um, yeah, I think that really helped me just kind of stay relaxed too. And that's great advice, right? Not like, you got to do this, go win, wrestle hard. Like, enjoy yeah. the moment. Man, that's, I think that's good advice. Oh, yeah. fantastic attack. Re-attack, really. He shot in, right? Yeah. And actually, every time I would get this lace over here by the edge, I wasn't really trying to hit a lace. I would kind of like just push him out because I wanted to see if the ref would hit him for fleeing. I like it. Now you're you're trying to play that game. I almost had another one right there. You've been on two or three reattacks. Yeah, you get the score every time, but but you you've got some nice reattacks. Is another one. Lightning quick. Call you lightning, Luke Lillydell, right? Yeah. Maybe that's why. Yeah, it sounds cool, but. 6-1. Minute to go. You got to be feeling good. Yeah. Um, I think I might, I get another takedown here. And I think I, I look over at the corner and I kind of do like a little fist bump thing. But I think that might have been like right, right before the end. How many times have you watched? You've, I assume you've watched this. You've yeah, watched I think it? I've only watched it maybe twice. Great position, great pressure. And you're not, you didn't shut down. And I know they're only two minute yeah. period, so it's a little bit different. But, you know, some guys might get up by five in, in the gold medal match and, and sh- just shut it down. But here you are. Continue to pour it on. Now it's like 15 seconds. I'm up by eight, seven. And now you want to go for the turn one because you want to get it to your eating clock. Yeah, and I actually, I was kind of upset that he called me out here because his head didn't really hit out of bounds if you go back and watch it. Uh-huh. But um, Nico, I mean, can you pull whatever. that back? Let's just pull it back. I want to see the head. Let's scrub back just a touch. Just a little bit more. Yeah, it's close. Actually, I don't, yeah, he just put it down like he's broke, like he's done. And that was a nice way for you to circle back in so that you could hit it. But I'm sure you'd like the tech. But, uh, this bump too right there. 
to Cornell. But I mean, a tech would have been really nice, but it's a, uh, it's whatever. Yeah, you know what? In five years, you can attack <laughs> nine points. Who cares? You know, you're trying to make the world's an Olympics. So, tell me about this feeling right here. Like, like, does it feel better on the mat, or does it feel better as time goes and it maybe sinks in? Uh, I think it felt better on the mat. I don't. That was probably one of the best moments of my life so far, because, and especially because I got silver last year. So coming back and putting all that work in, thinking about it almost every day since then. And it was actually over a year ago because um, the date changed for this year as it did last year. Last year, I think it was like the 11th and 12th, maybe. Uh-huh. And this year, it was like the very end of July. So over a year, just thinking about watching the Indian get his hand raised. Um I, that yeah, that was just one of the best moments of my life so far. And, and maybe you just answered, you probably did just answer my question. You said I've been thinking about it for a year. Is that like mostly what you think about? And it kind of goes back to what you said earlier, like just watching him get his hand raised more than like oh I got taken down with this or this. But it's like the the, the higher level, fifty thousand foot view. Is that what you kind of think about? Yeah. Um, I mean, of course I'll go back and watch the match and see what, I mean, what I got to hit in and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, just the feeling of, of, um, defeat is not one that I like to feel. And, um, just seeing, I lost a few times this year and whatever. And, um, but whenever you wrestle for your country, it's a, there's a bigger weight on your shoulders. So whenever you feel, whenever you lose, it's kind of like, you feel like you let your whole country down almost. So, um, yeah, just seeing last year the Indian get his hand raised really that stuck in my mind pretty much every day for the last year, basically. Sure. And, and the feeling of winning is great and probably so great because of everything that gets put into it. I know I was out in Phoenix and I saw you training at Valiant and I was talking to your dad and he's like, we're here. I forget everywhere you were going, but then we're here, and then we're home for four days, and then we're gone to here, and then we're back, and then we're and then we're going to Rome. What was your training? Tell me the different places maybe that you trained uh, in preparation for this event. So um, I trained uh, in Oklahoma for a little bit for a camp, uh, pretty much a week basically, and then I went to a town uh, where Zan Fuga lives, Nixon, Missouri, sure. for a camp for a little bit. And then from there, I went to the junior duels, wrestled, wrestled there for a week. And actually funny, that was when recruiting started. So I got, I was getting a bunch of phone calls while I was at the tournament. I couldn't answer them. Um, and then I went to the OTC from there for a week. Then I went home for a few days then i went to arizona for valiant and a camp and all that stuff and then from valiant i went to the otc again for our second camp and then i was home for pretty much a week basically and then i went to rome it's a busy summer (laughs) yeah did did you like it does training ever get a little old and like 
Man, it's stale or, or you were able to switch it up enough and not just grind the whole time where you was able to improve and enjoy it? Yeah, uh, I never really get bored of training because I love to learn and I love to get better. So, um, you know, maybe I would like switch up what I was doing that one day. Wouldn't, wouldn't wrestle live. I would maybe spar instead. But we do a lot of sparring at sim, so um, I'm kind of used to sparring. We do it a lot, um, and you know, maybe uh, I would drill instead of wrestle live, or do adobo bands or something like that, just to kind of switch it up a little bit. But yeah, I never really got. Um, I didn't really feel like I was getting too grinded into the mat, really, and. Uh, so I didn't really, I didn't really get injured or anything like that either, which was, which I think was really good. Yeah, it's real important. And then you, you mentioned, um, I think you said you're out at duels and then recruiting starts and you're getting all these calls. Maybe you didn't get the field, but I'm assuming you've been able to field some calls or return some calls. What's that experience like? Um, is it overwhelming or is it fun or what do you like about it or, or what maybe don't you like about it? Uh, it's kind of different. You know, some coaches are, they like, they'll like text you all the time and, and call you all the time and kind of be uh, incessant about it. And then some of them are, you know, they'll text you, I don't know, like once every two or three weeks just to kind of check in and see how you're doing. And um, so it's really, it's a weird experience because you learn how all the different coaches are and you can kind of see which ones you like the best and which ones you don't think you would like. Uh, and I think it's kind of helped me learn that um, it's helped me learn where I think I would fit in the best too. Of those two different styles that you mentioned, right? The incessant coach who's texting you all the time and the one who texts you every two or three weeks, do you prefer one over the other? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I would prefer that they only text me a, few times uh every few weeks because uh i don't know i just feel like that they kind of understand that that you need space too so they're not gonna be blowing up your phone all the time and um sometimes that might get annoying too some people having your phone blowing up all the time which i mean i don't mind it but you know i would rather just um get a text every once in the few next few weeks, stuff like that. Sure. Um, and this is way early and, and you don't have to answer this to get the specific if you, if you don't want, are there, are there a handful of schools or any schools that you're like, these ones are definitely on my radar? Uh, there's a few, but um, I'm not really, uh, I mean, I don't have any date set or anything like that for officials or anything with any school. So pretty much everybody is in the same boat right now. I don't really have, too many favorites right now okay um and i probably know the answer to this but long term whether it's college and or beyond you know what what plans or goals or, or things are you reaching for uh first one is olympic gold first one and then yeah oh like the the, the main goal not like the yeah not the first one you want to achieve no the main goal yeah um and of course world champ all that stuff and then when I'm done wrestling, um, probably go into coaching and try to win some national titles. Awesome. Man, 
And how old are you? Are you 16, 17? I'm 17 now. You're 17. You got yeah. the world ahead of you, man. You got the world ahead of you. Um, so you're at home until, did you say the 24th or something like that you go back? Yeah, 24th, yeah. So have you taken some time off since Worlds or are you kind of on a little pause right now? Or, or are you the kind of guys like, no, get me right back in there? <laughs> uh, last year I was kind of like, I want to be right back in there. But I think that's because I lost, too. I felt like I kind of needed to just yeah. not really take that much of a break. But um, I haven't done a lot since Worlds. I mean, I've worked out a few times. Uh, I went and sparred with a little 12-year-old kid for a little bit for, like, 30 minutes cool. um, at one of the practices. And, yeah, I'm kind of on pause right now. I'm, I'm not doing a lot as of yet. But uh, I think in the next few days I'll probably um, – start getting back into it a little bit because it's been about two weeks now. So oh, I think, I think downtime's very important physically and mentally just to like, you know, especially what you just talked about. I Oklahoma OTC Phoenix OTC. I missed two or three things you said you, I mean, you trained your ass off all summer and, and you accomplished a lot. So kick your feet up for a minute and breathe. <laughs> Go find a pool or something. <laughs> Cool. Um, well, Luke, we're, we're, we're down to the end. I actually do. We have a little game that I like to play right when we get to the end of the shows. And this one it's called wins and whoopings. All right. All right. So thinking back and over the span of your career from four years old on the trips where somebody got locked in the bathroom to, to your most recent cadet, or I guess you 17 tournament anywhere in between. I want, want you to think of one match, a win and one match, a loss, one win that stands out. As memorable for you, it could be your best win, your favorite, uh, somebody who used to beat you, and, and you finally beat them, and one whooping. Like if you could just think of one of the worst whoopings you ever took. Nobody likes to talk about it, but everybody does. That comes on this show. All right, I'm trying for either side of the spectrum, a win and like a just straight up ass whooping that you took, and you can answer either one first. Uh, so the loss I'm gonna actually answer first, and uh, it was actually against Bo. And at the Wildwood Duels in New Jersey, I think it was seventh grade maybe, but our teams wrestled, I think, in like the semis or something like that of the tournament. And he actually teched me in folk style. So that's that's, that's a pretty good, yeah. Freestyle is different. Yeah. So I think that's probably the worst uh, whooping that I've ever took. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And um. For the win, uh, I want to go with against Leo in the Blair duel because it was great having the the fans and my team was just going nuts because that's a really big rivalry, uh, Sim and Blair. So, you know, if you win, 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 win your match in the duel, it's a big thing. Yeah. So I think that's probably the best uh, win. All right. Well, cool, man. Um, Luke, this, is, this has been a lot of fun chatting with you, kind of – getting to know the ins and outs of your your career and your story and i really appreciate you taking some time to chat with us today congrats on all the success and continued uh best of luck to you and we're going to give you the final word before we let you out of here and say anything you want to say about anything uh yeah uh i want to say thank you to um the whole sim community cornell joe Ravelli, coach weber coach keeveman uh pat heck tom federici again uh, and the women's team too, Coach Brazil, uh, Coach Brett Fry, and the Vanderveers 
Um, they all supported me this whole summer, and I just want to thank them for that. All right. Well, well thank you to everybody at SEM, and thank you, Luke. And, uh, man, I can't wait to, to watch the rest of your career unfold. It should be a lot of fun. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. Take it easy. All right, folks, that will do it for today's show. It's been a lot of fun chatting with world champion Luke Lillydahl. Uh, we'll see you all next time. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. Go Team USA.